Welcome to Culture Factor. I'm your host, Holly Shannon. Our new season looks at creators, innovators, and entrepreneurs. Why? Because the gig economy is emerging. Talent has gone to work for themselves. Whether furloughed or part of the great resignation, they've birthed the big idea, and those 57 million Americans are contributing more than $1 trillion to the U.S. economy annually. This is what the new normal looks like. You now have a front row seat to creator culture and into the places where the magic is being made. Subscribe now to Culture Factor so your ears are treated to some of the best stories around the world. And if you take the time to rate, review, and share this, please send me the screenshot and I'll give you a shout out on my show. Please reach out if you'd like to sponsor Culture Factor. It is your opportunity to be a part of a show that is ranked in the top 2% globally and heard in over 77 countries. Email holly at hollyshannon.com to be a part of this global audience. So hello, Culture Factor audience. I have Candace Factor here with us today. She's a serial tech entrepreneur who has a passion for learning and community. And before launching Disco, Candace scaled Wattpad to 80 million users, making it the world's largest platform for creators to share their stories. And it was sold in January of 21 for 660 million US dollars. She's a frequent speaker on the future of learning, an early pioneer in cohort-based courses, and a creator of GameChanger.co, a live learning community of over 3,000 innovators. Candace is a venture partner for Lobby Capital and a board member of Covio, an enterprise AI SaaS platform valued at over $1 billion. She's from South Africa, lives in Toronto with her husband, two boys, and a puppy. And she's here on Culture Factor today. So welcome, Candice. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So I have to ask the most important question after reading all of that. Um, What kind of dog do you have? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I actually just got a picture of my pup from the groomer, which I'll have to share with you. Yeah, she just got back. I haven't seen her actually, but I have a mini Australian Labradoodle. Oh, so great. So I have a golden doodle, a mini golden doodle. And I think any of the doodle family has the best temperament ever. So it's, uh, it's really nice. They're, they're great dogs, really great dogs. They are. I, I will, I will tell you, um, do you, I will, it's up to you, but I can tell you the story of why we got our dog. Of it has to do with the creator economy. So then I'm in a hundred percent. There you go. Um, so I have two boys, nine and 11, but when they were, I guess, seven and nine, uh, they were begging me for a dog and would, would walk around the neighborhood and would see all these dogs. And my son landed up wanting to take photos of every single dog he saw. And it turns out he has this incredible eye for photography. And so he got these amazing photos. So his grandma said, well, why don't you make a book about the dogs in your neighborhood? And so lo and behold, they made a book called Dogs of the Neighborhood, where it's a, it's a real book. It was published. Uh, it has sold a couple hundred copies. And they said, if we make this book, if we go to all this work and create a Shopify store and create the book, will you buy us a puppy? 
And uh, that is how our pup came into our family, was inspired by this creative project that our kids landed up. I think that is such a cool learning experience because most people say, um, well, show me how you will help take care of the dog, like in terms of feeding and walking and, you know, all of those things. And you took a very different approach to show like gen like interest and uh, that th they really wanted to follow through on something. So that's great little creators. There you go. I love that. So let's dive into what Culture Factor is about, uh, where we talk to people who are building things, creating, innovating, tech entrepreneurs, um, all of that. And I'm so excited to hear more about Disco. Um, it, it looks like it's pretty new. Uh, so I really want to understand it. So when I looked over the website and when I looked over your LinkedIn profile, the question came to mind for me is there are so many creators out there that are talking about thought leadership and talking about masterminds and, and building those. So what did Disco create that was different? Like what, what did you see was missing from what creators were making to sell their work? Such a good question. And, and really that is, um, you know, I think you always create stuff that you are looking for yourself. Uh, or at least I think the best entrepreneurs do that in, in some way they see a need in a market. And, you know, what was really interesting about me and my co-founder is we come at this from really interesting, but different angles. Um, my background, I was at Wattpad and my job at Wattpad was amazing. I built out all of our creator programs and Wattpad, um, we had a hundred million users on the platform. And what I noticed about, you know, for most creators, there's lots and lots of platforms to market yourself and to market your work, but it's exhausting, right? Like you constantly are having to create content. And what I was super aware of is that these platforms, these social platforms that a lot of creators are using, they don't really ultimately care about a sustainable living per creator. They care on mass about creating uh, uh, monetization for the platform. And really for a few top creators, they're incredible, right? Like there's a couple of people who make tons of money on Instagram or on Twitter or on LinkedIn, or, but for the long tail and the medium tail, it's actually really hard to make a reasonable living. And so I kind of came to this by, by realizing that, you know, pre-recorded courses were kind of the, the mainstay of how a lot of thought leaders or, or knowledge economy uh, creators were monetizing. And so did my co-founder. He actually, why I want to bring this up is he lives in Costa Rica and there's tons of digital nomads. And what we noticed is that pre-recorded course platforms, there's quite a few of them, exist, but the pricing pressure that these creators were facing on their courses was just increasing all the time. And why is that? Because there's an abundance of courses. And, you know, there's this like belief that I make the course and it's just going to sell, right? Like there's just going to be thousands of people who come in and go to this experience. And the truth is that's not the case. And ultimately what was missing was that really 
um, the way people learn is not alone and consuming content. And so what we really noticed is that how people learn best is with a cohort of other people. And what's powerful from a pricing perspective for the creators is that anytime there is some level of scarcity, like what our platform does is it allows people to offer a select group of people a learning experience together where there is virtual live sessions and a community of people that in and of itself is going to command a higher price point for that creator. And so what we were able to do is build a platform that allows creators a sustainable monetization with far fewer people that they need to have in order to create really meaningful revenue. So I, so I, I think that's like a really big pain point that we saw was this middle and how do you make money in much smaller cohorts, but high value experiences. And you know what was interesting around COVID is it was an accelerant, right? So what we saw people doing when they couldn't meet in person and when they wanted community was really taking to Zoom. And what we identified is that if you're going to be a creator who wants to monetize live learning masterminds and cohort-based experiences, it's actually really frustrating to piece together all of the technology that you need in order to do that. This was probably about eight different pieces of software from a landing page to taking applications, to payments, to your live lessons, to your asynchronous lessons, to some kind of chat experience, to managing the cohort. And we just said like, how do we just make this incredibly easy for creators to run their live learning empire? And how do we give the learners of these experiences a really beautiful branded seamless hub where everything is just there? And that was really the impetus for why we're building Disco. It's so interesting to me, um, you know, I say time and again, how the pandemic pushed innovation in a lot of ways. So it's interesting that you had already been working in one way and saw that there was something missing like this seamless experience that took all of the, the crap out of the equation, all of these ancillary little things out of the equation and put it all in one neat little package. I love that. Um, I also want to find out, so there's a democratization of learning on a platform like this. So it, it allows all creators to be there. But I do see on a lot of platforms, and you mentioned this, uh, those that are more popular, well-known, influential, um, they come to the top. And then when they have a volume of people coming to take their courses, they're able to drive their prices down which pushes out some of the smaller people who might be teaching incredible content, but they're smaller, you know, they have micro influence, as I like to say. So how do you keep that so that there's, um, so, so the scales aren't tipping on your site like that? D does that make sense? I, I know that it was a long way there. I think um, we are not a marketplace. So we, 
we are really a creator enablement tool. So think about Shopify. There is no marketplace to find all the Shopify stores for e-commerce entrepreneurs. It's really the creator's brand and the creator's audience that we're enabling. And that's really intentional because ultimately, I think in marketplace dynamics, what you're talking about happens. What we're really about is giving creators the tools to enable their learning experiences and their monetization. And what I actually love about what we're doing is that an ad-based model, which is you know, very common in terms of what you're seeing, that polarization, in a, by its nature, right, uh, doesn't really allow small creators to make money from what they're doing. I think when it comes to learning, actually, the smaller the cohort, sometimes the more valuable the experience. And so, you know, if you have a niche experience that you are exceptional at, you can make a really great living. So let's just use basic economics. You know, you can be a creator that has five to 10,000 really engaged followers. And in order for you to make $100,000 a year, if you have, you know, 50 participants at $2,000, a cohort-based premium experience run through your program, that's $100,000 a year. That's a really meaningful amount of revenue. If it was an ad-based model, you'd need to have millions and millions and millions of views or visitors in order to do that. And so, yes, you're absolutely right that some of the larger thought leaders may be able to command more scale per their experience, but there's a really viable monetization model for thought leaders who are excellent at what they do. What you're talking about though is important because premium courses and live learning experiences maybe don't make as much sense until you have some level of authority and influence because ultimately people want to learn from the creators they trust. So we aren't really playing in the area of building your credibility and trust. We're playing in the area of monetizing your credibility, credibility and trust today. That is so well said. Thank you for, and it brought me into my next question about uh, monetization. So um, I guess I'm going to reframe what that question was. How do you work with creators helping them to understand my intellectual property is worth x i'm sure that comes up absolutely and it's such a perfect moment to be chatting with you i i'd like to share the the screen share i just grabbed so we we have an amazing tech platform and that is available through a SaaS model uh, on our platform. So SaaS is software as a service and you can pay us a monthly fee and you can use our technology. What we also launched as a response to creator interest and feedback is a program called the Disco Accelerator. And what the Disco Accelerator is, is a four week premium cohort based course uh, focused on helping you transform your IP into a live learning experience. And so going to your question, like, how do we do that? I think it comes down to, there's, there's a, a few different elements that we talk about, but it's specifically around learning. 
We have a framework for learning experiences and curriculum design that is very focused on transformation. Who is your learner before they experience your transformative learning experience or your cohort-based course? And who do you want them to be or who do they want to be after? And it's really around like, how do we map instead of what is my IP, it's what does your learner need to know and learn in order to become the person they're hoping to become at the end of your experience. And it really is mapping out, therefore, what parts of your IP do you need to take them through? And we do a lot of work around how people learn best. Um, and some, there's a really, really big part of our program focused on curriculum design and also community design, because it's our belief that people don't actually learn only from the teacher or from you as thought leader, they learn from doing, they learn from their cohort and they learn from feedback. And so that's, those are key elements for how we get people to take their, their IP and transform their IP into a learning experience. How do you treat the feedback? Do you have almost like, um, for lack of a better way to put it, like a Slack built into your system where there's a constant uh, flow of conversation? Yeah, so feedback is in a few different ways. One is just the actual experience design, right? So setting up uh, homework, setting up feedback circles and setting up live critique circles as part of the learning experience, as well as uh, group chat. And we actually offer in our platform two ways to do that. One is with our own group chat experience, which is just a simpler version of Slack as well as, you know, for course creators who want a full Slack experience, very deep integration into Slack uh, with a Disco's platform. So, you know, it just depends on the level of, of group chat you want. We offer both Slack integration as well as our own. It's interesting how all encompassing you've made this, you know, from, uh, you know, not just the monetization side of it, but the building side of it and the communication side of it. Um, what are, what are some of the results? Like what are some of the creators that have jumped on early? Uh, what has been their experience for that? It's amazing. Like we are going through a renaissance of, you know, what learning is going to be like I would say these are the pioneers this format for learning never really existed before and you know there's a lot of reasons for that but I would really the pandemic and the zoomification of both work and um, learning we are at like 0.1 of where this is going and so what's so interesting for me around your question is just the, um, the sheer amount of diversity of learning experiences that are moving to live learning. So we have everything from creators like Carbonauts. Like here's a guy, Graham Hill. He created Tree Hugger. Do you remember that uh, uh, media entity, massive media entity about sustainability? And what he ultimately realized is that like consumption of just media is not going to actually change behavior. What is going to have the transformation impact is learning. And the best way to learn is live and virtually. So he created something called Carbonauts. 
And Carbonauts is a five week live learning program for people to reduce their carbon footprint. And so the results have been unbelievable, you know, to see the impact he's having in the world in the sustainability space. Uh, you know, let's look at, um, we just had the most transformative um, boot camp called Academy for young people. It was a five day transformative learning experience for youth around the world to really tap into their own purpose and potential. And the experience was phenomenal. You know, these are youth who maybe traditional school and youth is high school and above wasn't really speaking to them. And they brought thought leaders and experts and um, different healers and, and, and um, practitioners uh, into a transformative boot camp for youth around the world that you know brought people together and helped them find community and pursuit of you know passion and purpose. Um, that was another one that just ran on our platform. To you know, we have businesses like there's a school called MakerPad, which is a no-code school, and this MakerPad is actually owned by Zapier. I'm sure you're, I don't know if you're familiar with Sapier and they're running, you know, no code fundamentals like classes uh, using our disco platform for people to learn how to, you know, build stuff without code. And so just to kind of give you the like range of experiences, the, the impact has been amazing. And the other part is that people are making real money you know, in pursuit of being able to pursue their passion and purpose, which is very important to your audience. You know, there's something really profound when you're not just putting out all of this free content, you know, and, and hoping, you know, you're going to figure it out. It's like, these are paid experiences. They're able to retain a lot of the value. People are having transformative life learning experiences, and it's transformative in terms of the monetization that is accruing to these creators who are designing these um, really premium exclusive experiences. I love to see entrepreneurs make money. It makes me very happy. Um, but I love that you spoke to the diversity of vocations and ideas um, that were out there. I, I'm so glad you highlighted that because I think um, a lot of people don't even see themselves as creators when all along we really all are and we're all making something, thinking of something, seeing something missing out there that we'd like to use or do. Uh, so I think it's really cool that you gave some examples of that. I'm often asked, does my business need a podcast? My answer is yes that nothing else is the fast track into thought leadership and being established and seen as the expert in your industry as podcasting. What's increasingly evident is that it's a branding machine. It kicks doors open for you to have conversations with leaders. It creates a pathway to partnerships and connections on a deeper level. You will not be your industry's best kept secret. Your ideas and business will have global reach. So step into your power. Go to hollyshannon.com to launch your podcast now. And now back to our interview. Yeah, I mean, the one example that I, I, I should have given, I mean, our cohort is just 
it's ridiculous how amazing the people who are in this 20 person accelerator. One of the people that I think is very relevant for your audience is actually Adam Davidson. I don't know if you're familiar with Adam Davidson. No. He uh, is an author. Um, he uh, is on Planet Money. I, I'm sure you are familiar oh, with yeah. that. Um, okay. Yeah. He uh, actually wrote the book called The Passion Economy. Um, all about the creator economy. He's, he's incredible. And he's part of our cohort. And he's running a new business for uh, storytelling, like really being masterful at storytelling. And, you know, what's interesting about him is he comes from the creator economy, and he's sort of been a creator all his life. And now he's teaching creators how to master storytelling. And, you know, he, this is going to be a huge part of his monetization so that he can pursue his passion and purpose being a creator. That's amazing. Uh, you know, I might uh, consider going through the process for, uh, you know, building out podcasts so that we could uh, see how that unrolls in your platform. And then I can come back and share that with people. So I hadn't even thought about that to start talking about I love uh, it. I think it'd be great. And I think there's such a demand for that. There's a really interesting, um, I think it's a great area that a lot of creators are looking for expertise in and, and the act of doing, right? Like the notion of having a community, of having the doing, having your expertise could be incredibly good. Uh, I think you're onto something with that. Yeah, no, it sounds like it could be an interesting marriage. <laughs> totally. Uh, so a lot of what you're doing is actually, it actually brings me to sort of my area of expertise. So a lot of what you're doing is, you know, on the screen, it's cohort learning, uh, the communications on there, the buildings on there, the learnings on there. Um, are there other ways um, within each module that students can learn if they don't have access to the computer, if there's a shared computer in the house and they're not getting the time they need on it? Uh, are there any parts of it that they can consume in another way? Absolutely. So, you know, we believe in a hybrid model. We actually believe that live uh, Live is what makes it special, but there is merit and value to having asynchronous learning experiences. So content is very valuable, um, you know, written content, but also audio content, as well as um, pre-recorded lesson content. We just don't think it's sufficient. Mm -hmm. So that's a really important point is that like, I don't know if you know this, but pre-recorded courses, the completion rate, like 97% of people never finish. Oh, wow. That's, an, that's like, an interesting statistic. <laughs> that blew my mind. I mean, yeah. that, that was like a huge reason why we decided to build Disco. We're just like, this isn't fundamentally the science of how people learn. Like people need accountability. They need support. They need feedback. They need to know that like they need to show up. That being said, we're all busy and we all have busy lives. And so it's really helpful for me when I'm sitting at my son's tennis lesson or, you know, I'm taking my dog for a walk to be learning in some way. And so our platform actually supports um, asynchronous content. And to your point, it doesn't need to necessarily be on a computer. It's mobile optimized. So you can absolutely access any of the content 
on your phone. Um, that experience will just get better and better as we grow. We're only a year and a few months old. So we plan on sort of investing heavily in the mobile optimized experience. How big is the group there? How big is your company? I know you're in three locations, right? Remote. Yeah. So we are um, 12 people today. And uh, it's really cool. We're a remote first company. So we have people all over, uh, primarily the US and Canada. And sorry, and Costa Rica, my co-founder actually is originally from Toronto, but lives in Costa Rica. Um, he's the, I couldn't ask for a better co-founder. It's his sixth, sixth tech startup that he's doing. Um, and actually next week is the very first time we are all coming together in person. We've never met. I mean, we hired our entire team. Our, our CTO, uh, we've worked with before. Uh, that's Maz Rosvani. He's amazing. He was uh, a very important uh, uh, technologist at Lightspeed, which is an e-commerce platform, uh, and worked with my co-founder before. But our entire team, we hired virtually, and we've all been working uh really, really well in a remote first environment. And we're very excited to be in person next week together. That's exciting. Where is the in person? So I live in Toronto. Uh, and so we are we're all meeting in Toronto next week for a get together. And I think the reason I bring it up is because, you know, a lot of people were really questioning post COVID will learning and will work go back to in person? And I think it's really, uh, it's really interesting to understand just how much of a shift is actually underway in terms of remote work and hybrid models. And there's always gonna be a place for in-person. Like there's nothing like hugging a person, meeting a person, having that physical energy, you know, in real life. But I think what we forget is the cost of that, like the efficiency cost of, you know, it takes a long time to get to places, right? And the economic cost. And so when we think about fast forward, like learning experiences and work experiences and what Disco is facilitating, it's like a 10th cheaper, right? To have people come together virtually and it takes far less time like to join the session today. We have people in India, we had people in San Francisco, we had people like all over the world in Berlin, all on this call. It would have been absolutely impossible to bring these people together at this time if it weren't virtual. And that's why this market for creators designing these experiences, it's like now the world is your oyster in a totally different way than you know physical learning experiences. Well, I have spent uh, the last year and a half talking about company culture on this show. Um, I've only recently shifted for our new season to talk about the creator economy and innovation and, and entrepreneurship. So um, I have definitely had a ringside seat to all the conversations around remote, remote only, hybrid, going back to the office, uh, productivity, uh, communication tools, async, all of that stuff. Oh, so, so you are kind of preaching to the choir. Like I've, I've heard so many different stories and sadly there just is no one size fits all. There never will be. Um, I will say that coming together in person that allows for, um, something that misses, 
the beat on remote um, and on a screen are the pauses in between language, um, the body language, and the opportunity to be in a group for a period of time and have those pockets and opportunities to brainstorm in a different way that's not forced in your one hour Zoom that's scheduled from four to five and you have to jump off because somebody has to go take care of the kids and make dinner and you know it, it's it's changing I, th I think it works really well for a lot of businesses like yours um and I think there's a lot of businesses that are still truly struggling oh for sure and I actually think you know it's sort of like building a house right like doing a reno is really hard right because there's like existing walls and structures and you don't know what you're going to find in those walls and it's like it's a totally different thing when you're building from scratch there is no like you don't know anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you land up creating like new ways to have those pauses or new ways to have those spontaneous experiences. There's no, there's no like reminiscence of what was there just is like, this is, mm -hmm. this is the only way we've worked together. And I think it's 10 X easier to have a remote first team that doesn't know anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. versus trying to like take something that was and force fit it into a new structure. And I think hybrid is really hard in that regard as well. Mm. Um, so I agree with you. There absolutely is no size, fit, no one size fits all. What we actually say is like, you need human, you need in-person. Like I even see for creators as they build their empires, you know, there's, there's the, likely like the, the, the whale whale of their monetization is the in-person get together and mastermind. But the reality is so few people can afford the time and the cost of being able to participate that way, that there's this like other massive opportunity um, in the virtual live premium experience that most probably can happen on a more regular cadence versus that in person. So it's sort of like, how do you use these different tools for different purposes? But I'm with you. I think, um, you know, in person is amazing. Uh, a lot more innovation that's about to happen to create those spontaneous collisions, spaces, brainstorming that we're just in the early stages of. Yeah. Well, I totally agree with you. It's so well said. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You really, what you identified is you are a remote first company that was first remote, if that yeah. makes sense, what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting. And, um, you know, I come from a classical background in, you know, trade shows and conferences where they were all live experiential. Um, so I know the value of that and I totally know the value of what you have. Um, so it's interest. it's interesting to see how companies are going to, um, evolve and find the best fit for them. But yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting journey, right? Definitely. So Candace, I can't thank you enough, uh, for this time. How would all of my wonderful culture factor listeners and all those new, uh, creators out there find you? 
Absolutely. So please come and say hi. Um, we love creators. We love what Holly is doing. I think your show is fantastic. Just want to say, and so helpful to creators. Um, we are at disco.co. So come say hi, check out our platform. We have a wait list right now. If you mention Holly Shannon, Holly Shannon, I will make sure you get access right away. Um, so please come check it out. We'd love you to sign up for our SaaS product. If you're interested in our accelerator product, it's a slightly different model. Um, we had 200 uh, applicants for 20 spots. And so we realized, wow, there's a lot of interest in this. We're going to run a new cohort in November. That model is we take 10% of your revenue, you keep 90%, um, but we're super aligned in creating um, your success. Uh, and you get to our IP and our program. Um, and the program is a four week program. And then it also um, is a 12 month program where you have guest experts, office hours, and the ability to help you actually scale the live learning empire beyond, beyond just our technology. So you can sign up for the waitlist for our November cohort as well. And just, you can find us on Twitter. So I'm at Candice Disco uh, on Twitter and um, uh, it's Disco Learn on Twitter as well. I love this. Um, I will put those links in the show notes as well. So if anybody did not get that, it'll be there. But I want to point out that I have never moved anybody to the top of the list, like in a VIP mode. So I'm feeling really, really accomplished right now. <laughs> and, it, and if you want to create a unique link, um, that's something that we could yeah. uh, put in the show notes too, uh, to, to get them to the front of the line. I feel Love so it. VIP at the moment. I don't even know what to say now. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on Culture Factor. This was great. Thank you so much for having us. We, we love what you do. And really our mission in life is to serve creators like you, right? People who have purpose and passion and an amazing audience and are looking for new ways to share their knowledge and continue to live their passion and purpose and monetize in a way that your audience will really, really value. So uh, we hope to have you on our platform soon and, uh, you know, uh, excited to figure out how we can get married in some way and that uh, <laughs> both podcasting uh, live learning experiences together. Excellent. Thank you so much. I appreciate it a lot. This is great. Thank you. Thank you.